everybody. It's good to have everybody here. I'm going to spare you that I haven't seen you since last year jokes. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and stand to our feet and we're going to open up with a song this morning. We're going to sing I'm going that way. Yeah. 
thing to do but hardest at the same time and that's to stay faithful to the church to God when you're struggling through prayer when you're struggling just uh through reading the Bible stay faithful stay the course and 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 let God direct your path it makes a difference that's the easiest thing in the world we can do it's the easiest thing to do but yet so hard for us sometimes so y'all just remember that if you're going to make a resolution, try to make one to be faithful. Be more faithful to God and, and his calling. 
Uh, Chandler, what, what announcements we got this morning? Uh, discipleship. The, the mission around here is to win, build, and send. If you uh, would like to get in with the uh, discipleship program, see Brother Lee, Brother Dylan, Mr. Tory, Mr. Jordan, somebody will get you plugged into that. 915 prayer room. It's just a time we take and get still before the Lord and and, and we pray over the service. We pray over God to um, to work in our hearts, to show us a few things before church and Lord and, and just to be able to um, pray for the pastor and the service. So um, if you ain't been coming to that, try to start making a point to come to that. That would be a good step in getting faithful right there. Leave that's it. Um, Charlie, you come, please. If you would, Brother Charlie, would you pray for us? We'll pray with offering. Amen. All right, let's stand this morning. We're going to sing a couple more. We're going to sing Let the Redeemed. You led me out of the desert, brought me into his streams, river of living water, turned my bitter into sweet, and all my burdens relieved. Shackles off my feet. There's no sound louder than a captive set free. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Sing of his promises evermore. For us thankfulness. Let it Living in, you were 
deliverer. You are my promised land. You are my deliverer. The freedom I'm living in, God. You are my deliverer. You are my promised land. So let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Pouring of his promises. It's a new song, so if you don't know the words, that's fine. We got to do it to learn it. So let's uh, let's worship the Lord this morning. How great this love! Oh, it's moving on my mountains. It's perfect love. It's casting out my fear. How great this love, oh, it welcomes me like family, and anywhere I go, it meets me there, because he is good, he is God, what I
Praise the Lord. Let's do this. Uh, won't you turn around and shake hands with somebody and tell them you're really glad to see them this first Sunday of 
me and me and my family we just we just spent a few days in uh, Kansas City at Midtown Baptist Temple and um, at uh, Mission Focus uh, for for twenty uh, is it twenty two? Okay, what? It's kind of weird. It's right. <laughs> like I don't know if it's the end of the year thing or the beginning of of this year. I, I'm not real sure, but either way it goes. Um, man, the Lord just done some, some really cool stuff for us. And, uh, and I, I'm going to try to talk them into, uh, and, and I hope a comp uh, a combination of guilt and conviction will set in on, uh, at least my girls and my, all, all my, from all my girls, my wife on down. And, uh, maybe we can get them to give some kind of testimony next week of exactly what God done in their heart. Um, it, it was huge. It's, it's, it's about, it, it's really all what it says it is. It's, it's getting the mission back in focus. And it's really focused on church planting. And church planting not just in foreign countries, but, but absolutely in foreign countries. Uh, but, but in in uh, in the United States, and um, you know, I I heard a lot of testimonies uh, from from guys. There, there's a church plant in in Boston that's going on, and you know, just to hear, and Susan said it right, just to hear uh, Mike Renault talk about that church plant in Boston. I, I I think we we I think we all have the ones of us that were here anyway. We may have forgotten. Uh, our very first weeks in that little community building in uh, right here in Dallas um, to where we we didn't have we didn't have anything we had a borrowed pulpit which praise the Lord we still got it Miss Susan um, we we had a rented building um, we had a lot of carnal people and when I say, uh, and I'm talking about from the pastor on down, um, we had a lot of infightings, but we knew that we were supposed to start a church. Um, Brett, Brett Bartlett said this to me a number of years ago. I asked Brett, I'm like, man, I just don't know why I'm even, why God's even revealing some of the stuff he's revealing to me um, in terms of the mission and and that God had laid out a plan from Genesis to Revelation, and he had given us a plan, and it wasn't just do whatever the heck we wanted to do. He'd given us the plan uh, to reproduce worshipers. And Brett said something that, was, that was, was like a revolutionary statement to me, and I have meditated on that statement for some time now. He said, truth seekers always seem to find the truth. It's the fakes you got to watch out for. Truth seekers always seem to find the truth. Sometimes you wonder why you're 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 one of the ones. Well, you're not better than anybody else. You're just you're probably just a truth seeker. It don't make you any better. It just means that you really want it, and that God's going to give it to who wants it. That's why I believe that. 
God reveals himself in foreign countries that don't even know there's a God. That God's got enough power to send a missionary to an to a honest truth seeker. But I think we have forgotten maybe some of our old days. Now I realize it wasn't but a few of us, but there was a few of us that worked ourselves to death in, in, in this very building. We, we didn't pay anybody to do anything back in those days because we really didn't have no money to pay nobody to do nothing. Only thing we didn't know how to do was sheetrock. We paid a dude to do that. Praise the Lord. It's still holding up. Sean come in and knew how to do a whole lot. Thank goodness. And that hadn't fell apart. Most of that hadn't fell apart yet. I feel like Sean's always costing me money. He always go. I'm like, man, that. Could we not get away with cheaper? No, not if it's going to last. I mean, I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. <laughs> Ten years later, uh, nine years, February 9th will be nine years. Nine years later, God has done a lot for us. One of the harder things I think that God done for us is almost let us see right in the middle of these nine years that that we were beating the air with no real substance of what Ephesians 4 looks like in equipping the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. And somehow through a culmination of events, and I'm still trying to wrap my mind around how God done all that, allowed us to come in contact with, 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 with a group of people that would give us what the Bible said and let us do with what the Bible said what we deemed to be true or untrue. See, that's, what, that's what really God does. He gives you all the things. And he says, here, now you, you have to decide, right? Why? Well, because God's not going to force his hand on us. God's not going to force you to love him. God's not going to force you to serve him. That's why some people just won't, because they don't want to. But Susan's right. I've thought about that. I, you know, th this last year was crazy. We won some good battles, and, and we lost some good ones. We, we had some really good highs and some really low lows. I will say, I think my family grew more in the Lord this last year than they have than they have in the last years previous. I think my girls have, praise the Lord, have, have come to a realization to where there is a bigger picture out there than just being just being the the girls, the children to the pastor. I think they're finally seeing that the mission's way bigger than me in this church and, and that God's give us that mission and if they if, if they don't surrender to it, then, then they're accountable to that. Not to me. They're not accountable to me for that. They're accountable to God for that. We made some progress, and, and, and at the same time, we lost some ground. But I figured this out. There, there is an overwhelming uh, a theme, I guess you would say, that I have, that I have somewhat come to realize 
there is going to be attenders. And there are going to be disciples. And you're not always going to you're not always going to pacify the attenders. Why? Because they don't like eating the same thing disciples eat. It's a different food group. It's a different category altogether. Well, what, 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 do we, what do we do with that? We really want attenders. Well, Jesus don't want attenders. He fed 5,000 and then intentionally, intentionally cut it down to next to nothing and then looked at the best of the best and said, will you also go away? Jesus was willing to lose everything he had for the sake of feeding the right food. Now, the question is, you've got to ask, you, you've got to ask yourself, are you willing to be a part of a church that's willing to forsake everything it has to feed the right food? Twenty twenty three may may indeed break some of us. Why? Well, because it may get harder. The 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 idea that it's going to get easier. That's a fairy tale. There's been some there's been some shifts of the pendulum. That maybe you maybe you don't understand, maybe you can't get your mind wrapped around. But I wrote this down this week, and and I hope we get to where all I've got is verses. There's no outline this morning, and I want to get there. Uh, but before I do, I want to I want to uh, I want to give you this crazy little thought that I had. In the middle of this week, we have been to, we have been to church, um, in in some kind of service. I have been in in, uh, in some kind of service about uh, about five and a half or six hours a day for the last several days, and I have come up with a little statement that I I think what might would introduce twenty twenty two pretty good. As much as 2022 is gone, here's what here's what I, here's what I want to want to say. Our fruit is all we have to show for it. Our fruit is all we have to show for it. You don't have anything else. 2022 is gone, and all you have is your fruit. Now. What does that what does that look like? What does that look like for you? How does that settle in, in like in, inside when you hear all I've got is the fruit? Does, does it does it does it shake you a little bit? Does it make you think a little bit harder? Does it make you does it make you well is that really all I have? Well I've got my family, but your family your family don't matter if there's no fruit within your family. Well, I've, I've got my friends. Well, your friends don't matter if there's no fruit. Well, you know, I've been coming to church. Well, that don't matter. You can come to church. Remember, 
Jesus isn't looking for attenders. He's looking for disciples. If God asked you for a list of the fruit in this last year, what would that list look like? If you sat down tonight after all this is over and on the first day of the year and you, you listed out, now, now look, I'm not talking about good things. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about all that. I'm not talking about the goals that you accomplished. You ought to have goals, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about fruit. I'm talking about biblical fruit. You sat down, and, and what does that look like? If you had to make a list of the fruit that you accumulated in 2022. What if God would ask for, for a list? And he wanted you to list out the times that you genuinely had a heart of worship. Maybe by yourself, maybe in this building. I hope in this building, and I hope by yourself. But but what if what if God what if God said, man, what what was the days? Can can you carry me back to the days that that you genuinely worshipped me, void of anybody else's recognition of your worship, void of anybody else, what anybody thought about your worship? Can can you take me back there, or or can can you take me to more days to where you complained and, and murmured? More days to where you gripe. More days to where you, you fussed about something and you, you, you whined about something and you this and you that. Or, or can, can, is there more days of genuine worship? This morning, man, I, I sure would like to believe that 2023... 20, could be different. That that it that it could be a, a a contrast, so to speak. Maybe you done well last year. Maybe maybe God done a lot of things. But listen, you, again, we need to look at the past. Israel fell because they forgot where they came from. It, the the wilderness was a thing because Israel forgot what God done for them. But being fruitful in the will of God, man, that's what I want to be. I want to be fruitful in the will of God. And I hope that you do. I hope that you can sit here and say, man, you know what? I, I want to I be in the will of God being fruitful in my life. Man, we've said it a thousand times, but you realize that there's... Man, that day's coming, dude, and, and it, it's coming swiftly. It's coming fast, and we're, we're, we, just, we just don't know how fast it's going to get here. That we will be judged. That we will come to the place to where we will be judged, not on what? On our fruitfulness in the will of God. That's what he's going to judge us on. Warren Wiersbe said, Never underestimate the damage one can do outside of the will of God. Bonhoeffer said, Being a Christian is less about cautiously avoiding sin than, a, uh, than about courageously and actively 
doing God's will. Man, ain't that ain't that one for the for the books? Being Christian is 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 less about cautiously avoiding sin than about courageously and actively doing God's will. Spurgeon said, "Where your will, uh, when your will is God's will, here, here, this is this could be us. You you will have your will." When your will is God's will, you will have your will. Watchman Nee said it, it's uh, good is not always God's will. But God's will is always good. Good is not always God's will. But God's will is always good. You realize that there are some really hard things that happens in the middle of God's will. Why? So, so, so that me and you can, can partake within the, the fellowship of his suffering. Man, I, I think about God's will, and I, I think, I can't help but think about us and, and where God has taken us to and where God has brought us from and all the things that God's done in the, in the middle of his will. And then, and then I've seen us... I've seen us get out of God's will. I've seen some people get out of God's will. And then I've, I've watched God's hand navigate and guide and, and do the things that I couldn't do uh, but because I was going to blow it all up if I mess up. And, and listen, what, what is that? Well, God's will is always good. Sometimes God's will is wait. Sometimes God's will is is go. Some, sometimes why 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 are you stand why are you still standing? The children of Israel they're standing on the other side of the uh, of the uh, of the Red Sea. Why are you still standing here? A few minutes ago it was standing you still there uh, standing you still uh, and see uh, see the salvation of the Lord. And, and it's like don't do, don't stand here no longer. Right? Sometimes it's stand. Sometimes it's go. Sometimes it's be still, and sometimes it's what are you waiting for? But God's will is always good. Man, I've thought about that statement that that Warren Wearsby made. That you can never underestimate the damage one can do outside of the will of God. <clears throat> and I, I was immediately carried back to, to a dude named Aiken. In your Bible, um, in Joshua chapter number 7, there is a guy uh, by the name of Achan. We'll actually go to, to uh, 6 first, Charlie, 617. Well, let's go to 617 first. But there's a man by the name of, of Achan in your Bible. And Achan was a man that was completely out of the will of God but wasn't always out of the will of God. At one time, Achan was a man that God deemed fit to walk into Canaan. I, I want you to look I want you to look at, uh, at Joshua 6 and, and verse 17. The city 
shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein. Now this is Jericho. To the Lord only Rahab, the harlot, shall live. She and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. Verse 18. And ye in any wise, and ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed when ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. Verse 19. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. What, what's happened is they're in Canaan. The children of Israel are in Canaan and they're on their conquest. And they come to Jericho, and, and God makes a very clear thing that the city shall be accursed. Why? Well, uh, but because it's, it's a wicked environment. Jericho is a very wicked place. And he says, only Rahab the harlot. I don't know how much dive we need to go into what a harlot is in them days. But God... God thought it useful that the old harlot that everybody had rode off did something that pleased God and God decided to save her. God decided to save her from utter destruction. Well, here it is, guys. Ain't it something? Achan, Achan was the man. That was going to make the voyage into Canaan. But because he did something to, 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 to starkly disobey, disobey the Lord. It caused him his inheritance. While Rahab got to partake in hers. God made it very clear. That the city was accursed. And all of the things in it that were deemed valuable, they were to go into the treasury of the Lord. God was going to use them. You remember how this whole thing goes? Every single day they go and they, they march around the city. And, and why, why is that whole marching around the city of Jericho such a big thing? Well, because all they're doing is marching. They're not fighting. They're not, they're not having to do any of that. They're marching. That's all they're doing. They're actually looking really dumb. I, I, I mean, they're, they're going to one of the greatest walled cities that there is, and they're marching around the city. And then God wrought the victory through them doing what God said do. But now what is important about, about to understand about this is they did what God said do, and at the same time, they didn't do anything because God did it for them. Make sure you get this. They didn't have to fight. There was, there was no real sweat that took place in taking over Jericho. So God says, because what you didn't work for, now make sure you get this, you, 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 get, no, you get no part of so I'm going to alone get glory. I'm going to alone get glory out of this thing. 
So I don't want you taking anything from it. Well, what happens? Well, look, look in, look in uh, let's go to uh, chat, uh, verse 1, chapter 7, Brother Charlie. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Karma, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, and of the tribe of Judah took the accursed thing, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. The anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel because Achan decided to take something that didn't belong to him. He decided to steal something as a reward for something that he did not work for. Now, what you, what you don't know yet in, in chapter 7 is that, that when, they go to Ai, when they go to Ai, the city of Ai, God is going to give them the spoil of Ai. Well, they're, they're actually not going to do anything quite like this. They're not going to march around cities. They're actually going to have to go in, and they're going to fight. But God's going to give them the victory after, well, the second time. God's going to give them the victory the second time because here's what happens. 36 men die in their first conquest of Ai. They go into Ai the first time, 36 men die. It should have been a real easy deal. God was on their side, should have been a real easy deal. So they thought. But here's what they didn't know. Is Achan had caused them to miss the power of God on their life. Look, look at verse 2. Joshua sent me from Jericho to Ai which is beside Beth Haven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up ye and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai, and they returned and, and uh, they returned to Joshua and said unto him, Let not all the people go up, but let only about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are but a few. Now make sure, make sure you get this. God's, uh, these the, the children of Israel had gotten cocky. They had gotten arrogant. And they said, we don't need but about two or 3,000. We're going to go up. There's not but a few of them. So they went up thither with about 3,000 men. And, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote them, about 30, 30 and 6 men. For they chased them from before the gate, even to Shabarim. And smote them in going down. Wherefore, the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Now, now notice what happens with Joshua. He rent his clothes and he fell upon, uh, fell, fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord until the eventide. He and the elders of Israel put dust upon their head and, and, and Joshua said, Alas, O Lord, wherefore hast thou uh, at all brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? He's asking the question, God, did you bring us over here to destroy us? Now, you got to remember, he don't know anything about the sin of Achan yet. Would to God that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say then when, the, when Israel turneth their backs before, the, uh, before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall, in, uh, and shall environ around us and cut off our name from the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy great name? So he's questioning God. He's even kind of bowing up on the Lord. And he's like, man, here, here's the deal. Are you, did you bring us out here to die? What about your name, God? 
your name is on the line. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up, wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Here it is, you ready? Israel hath sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them, for they have taken of the accursed thing and have also stolen also and disassembled also, and they have put it even among their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before, the, before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore except you destroy the accursed thing from among you. Crazy deal. that they couldn't be fruitful. Because they stole what belonged to Jesus, what belonged to God to begin with. And I, you know, I think about that fruit bearing thing in 2022, and I think about that fruit bearing thing for us in 23. And I, I gotta I gotta wonder, I gotta wonder, is there a is is there a possibility that within the ranks of understanding fruit bearing within this church, could it be that we have indeed done the same thing that the children of Israel done? That we have we have indeed done the same thing? What's that thing? Well, have 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 we, have we stole? Have we stole from the Lord? Now I'm not, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about money. Now, obviously, uh, you, you you've got to deal with God in that. Hey, are you are you are you are you a God robber in that area? You've got to ask your own self the question: Am I if I stole from the Lord and? Is Malachi would say in tithes and offerings? You got to ask your own self that. That that's between you and the Lord, and, and and you'll be judged on that stewardship as well. But he took what didn't belong to him. He took it to himself. That was God's. Could, could, could it be that, that we're, we've, we've not actually bore the fruit? That we need to bear? Or that we could have, bear, that we could have been bearing? Because God ain't actually getting the glory that he actually deserves. You see, Aiken's problem was a worship problem. He coveted after the stuff more than he did God's blessing. Look, look with me. Uh, go down to um, go down to verse sixteen. So Joshua rose up early in the morning. 
brought Israel by their tribes. And the tribe of Judah was taken. And brought the family of Judah and took the family of the Zerites. And he brought the family of the Zerites and man by man. Wouldn't it be horrible to be named Zab, Zabdi? It would just be terrible. And Zabdi was taken and he brought his household man by man and Achan. So one at a time, you ready? One at a time, they brought, this, they brought the men of this tribe to find out who had stolen what rightfully belonged to the Lord. And he brought his household man by man and Achan, the son of Carmel, the son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah was taken. And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession unto him and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done when I saw the spoils of a goodly Babylonian, a Babylonian garment and, and, and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels, uh, 50 shekels weight. Then I coveted them, and I took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. So, so he took this Babylonian garment, which some, some historians have written and, and said that this Babylonian garment was, was made of solid gold. He coveted after this, this, this thing that belonged to the Lord, and he hid it in his tent. And, and, and listen, here, here, here's how this goes. Anytime you start hiding stuff, you, you know that you're not, in a, you're, you're, not, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So he hides it, and he, he don't want anybody to find out about it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all the elders all, uh, and all Israel with him and took Achan the son of Zerah and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought him unto the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee. The Lord shall trouble thee this day. Lord, help. I don't know if that's a spider or a bug. Now, now look what happens. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. That is such a heinous little old deal to think about, right? Why would God, why would God ask such when he confessed to his sin? Now here, here's, what, here's what you got, here's, I think this is what we need to see. And, and then I, I want to try uh, to uh, give you one more verse and, and then we'll, uh, one more section of verses and, and then we'll, we'll pray. That, that seems as though that, that is a, a very hard thing to do, but here's what, here's what you need to know. Achan wasn't a total pagan. He wasn't necessarily a bad man. He wasn't necessarily someone who drank iniquity like water. 
He, he, was, he wasn't someone that you would pin to be, you know, well, he needs to be stoned, and then after him and his family, and after him and his family are stoned, uh, he needs to be burned with fire. He would not be somebody that you, you say that that's what needs to happen. Why, why is that? Well, here's what I think we got, we got to understand. Karma, uh, Zimri, and Zerah, those were his father's, his father, his great-grandfather, and his, or his father's grandfather and his great-grandfather. What you need to know about them is that they all lived in Egypt. Every one of them lived in Egypt. He had three generations that lived in Egypt. Three, he, had, he had his father, he had his grandfather, and he had his great-grandfather. And they all lived in Egypt. Why is that so significant? Well, you remember who, who came out of Egypt. Well, these three came out of Egypt. But guess what they didn't get to do that Achan is, is getting to do? God had to wait 40 years for all of these mugs to die off. You remember that? God had to wait. God put them in the wilderness for 40 years because of their disobedience. Moses did not get to go into Canaan land because of his disobedience. So, so, so God let everybody that came out of Egypt, they all had to, they all had to die. Why? Because of unbelief. They, 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 uh, an 11-day journey turned into 40 years. 40 years of wandering. 40 years of, of eating the same thing. 40 years. Now, it was all God's blessing that they even got to eat and that they got to drink water from the rocks, right? That, that's all God's blessing. But at the same time, 40 years of the same thing, that's got to be a rough go at it. But they die. They, they end up dying, and so guess what happens? God's like, all right, this is the group that I'm going to let go into. What's significant is this is the group I'm going to let go into Canaan. And Achan was on that list. Achan was on that list that was counted one of the few that were going to get to go into Canaan. So much so that he had to watch his own family die because of their unbelief. Are you tracking what I'm saying here? He had to watch his family die because of their unbelief. Remember, I swear unto you, you're not going to enter into my rest. That's what he said to him. You're not going to get what I, want, what I wanted to give you because of your unbelief. So he had, to, he had to watch that play out. And you know what's so bad? Is God is so patient that he's willing to wait 40 years to prove that he ain't no liar. And Achan is so bent on taking something from Jericho that wasn't his to begin with, that God already said, don't do that. You know what he did? He got stoned and then burned alive. Well, that seems like an awful, that seems like an awful rough way for God to take Achan out. He just made one little mistake. Here's what, you're, here's what you're forgetting. 
wasn't one little mistake. It was three generations in 40 years of wandering around with his family and, and, and them waiting to die so he could go in. Do you think that God, do you think that God was going to let some more sin get through the cracks after waiting 40 years? That's why the punishment was so severe. That's why it was, hey, stone them with rocks, kill the whole family. And, and, and it, go, it does say this, though. Friend, you, you're not just, you, you can be an Achan, and I got news for you. You're not just going to take, and, and th- here we are. This sermon was, was great. Now we're headed back. We're headed down. Let's pray for the high point in a minute, if there is one. Uh, we, we, his kids didn't do nothing wrong. Now, did they, I don't know, did they help him cover it up in the tent? I ain't got no idea. But here's what I do know. They died because of Achan. His family died because of of him. You're not talking about a bad dude. You're talking about somebody that God already proved, though. You're talking about somebody that God put his stamp of approval on and said, here's the deal. Guys, you've seen what happened to your fathers. I I had to wait them out. I had to wait all these jokers out. I had to wait them out so they would die because I can't, I'm not carrying them somewhere that they don't have the faith to go. So, God takes Achan and God kills Achan. And, and, and he, 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 he just he kills him. And what, what's crazy, what's crazy about this is if you'll if you'll think back with me, his parents, his parents witnessed the Nile turn to blood. His parents witnessed the, the frogs, his parents witnessed the flies. They witnessed the gnats, they witnessed the death of all the livestock, they witnessed the boils, they witnessed the hail, they witnessed the locusts, they witnessed the darkness, they they witnessed the first the death of every firstborn. And, and, and here it is, you ready? They, they, they witnessed God saving their family through a spotless lamb. That's what they witnessed. They witnessed that, that, that if, if you put, if you put the blood of that lamb on the doorpost and you partake, you partook of the Passover meal, then that was going to get you out of Egypt. They witnessed that. They got to tell Achan that. And he still stole what was God's. Here's what I think. think if we're not careful we'll forget what even our own parents that never made it to their own personal Canaan you hear what I'm saying 
There's a lot of us in this room that don't have parents living in Canaan. And we know the outcome. You hear me? You hear, you hear what I'm saying? It's kind of like that little boy curled up in a corner watching his mom and dad fight at five years old trying to keep his little brother from sinning. And determining in his heart, I'm not going to be like that. Only to get to the place to where he forgot the one thing that he didn't want to be like is the one thing that he turned into. Man, if you're not careful, you forget that your own parents may not be living in Canaan. That's what Achan, that's what Achan did. Achan forgot that his family was fruitless and that he could be the first generation of a fruit bearer in Canaan. It was Achan's kids that had already took of the Passover meal and, and were spared. That every time that they took of that Passover meal, it reminded them of what happened in Egypt. Every time we, 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 we participate in the Lord's Supper, it reminds us of how we were brought out of darkness and, and, and transformed, translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. Same thing, different picture, same thing. This is who Achan was. Achan wasn't a bad man. You know what Achan was? Achan was a man with too much knowledge. And to whom much is given, guess what? Much is required. So Achan committed this sin, and obviously we know we know what happens. Achan he he dies, his family dies. Seems like a pretty awful death to die. Well, here here's here's what I would say. It's hard on a man being out of the will of God. May not be death. It may not be physical death. It may be death of your family, but not physically. May not be, it, may not, it may be the death of your own spiritual life. It may be the death of your walk with Christ. It may be the death of how you actually communicate with God. It may be the death. You know, you, you got to wonder. you got to wonder about people that can turn it off like that. you got to wonder that people that don't, that don't desire. And look, I know I'm probably not the most desirable guy in the world. But I too try to tell you what the Bible says most of the time. And I'm wrong when I'm wrong. I, I like to admit I'm wrong. There will always be a judgment on the people that know better. So how does that even how does that even translate for us and 
where we're at in 23. And what does that look like for us in fruit bearing in 23? Well, I, I, I will say this. God's given you something in this dispensation of, of grace. He's given you the Spirit of God that lives inside of you, that's been sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption, until God redeems the purchased possession. So what you do with that from here on out will determine how your fruit bearing goes. I want you to look at it, uh, it, it in... in Daniel, you, you can come, uh, why don't you just come play that piano, if you would. Um, but look with me, Luke 19 and verse 11, and, and, as ye, and as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable, because he was not a Jerusalem, because they thought that the kingdom of God should appear immediately. He said, therefore, a certain noble man went into a far country to receive himself for a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered unto them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy until I, occupy till I come. But his servants, uh, excuse me, but his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he returned, having received the kingdoms, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, well, thou good and faithful, uh, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a, in, in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, Thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said, Likewise, be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared, because thou art an austere man, that thou takest up, that thou layest not down, and reapest, that thou didst, didst sow, did not sow. And he said, now here, here it is. Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Are you ready for this? He said, out of thine own mouth. Not out of my mouth, out of thine own mouth. What, what do you mean? He was judged by his own words. He was judged by what he had to say about his life. Out of thine own mouth. Why is that such a big deal? He says, Thou knewest I was an austere man, taking up that I, that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then he, he uh, wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury? And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pounds, and give it to them that hath ten pounds. And, he, and they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you that every one which hath, which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. 
but those mine enemies, which would not, uh, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. Now that last verse is we're, we we know it's talking about those that are completely against God. But this is a parable. This this parable is is about a man that that man we know to be Jesus Christ, and he's given every man something that he should have that something that he should have that he should be a good steward over and to reproduce. And and the crazy thing, the most reproductive got more, the least reproductive. They got their junk taken from them. What is that? It's called inheritance. That's called an inheritance. And, and, and here's the thing. Much like Achan, these dudes in Luke 19 were given something they didn't work for. And they were supposed to multiply. They were supposed to bear fruit. They were supposed to be fruit bearers in the thing that had been given to them. And, and, and they didn't. And, and, and so their judgment came out of their, out of their own mouth. Now, I, I got I to gotta wonder. Man, what do you think the excuses will be like? What do you think our excuses will be like? Never underestimate the collateral damage that one person can call out of the calls out of the will of God. Twenty-three. No matter what the cost, it's got to be about. It's got to be about bearing fruit. It's got to be, no matter what the cost. I, I want to say, uh, if we don't get desperate before the Lord about our fruit bearing, man, I'm afraid we're, we're going down. What does fruit bearing look like? Well, it looks like our discipleship, uh, what our mission statement is, winning, building, and sending. If we ain't winning, there's no way we're ever going to build. And here's what's here's what here's where we are right now. We're building in inside these walls so much that if we're not careful, we're gonna we're gonna build out in here, and there there's not gonna be anything left to build. It's gonna be an influx of building with no winning. What it what? It means that we're gonna have to get serious about evangelism means that we're going to have to get serious about about calling people out and maybe in a confrontational way about their about where they are with Christ. You say, I mean, I don't like that whole confrontation thing. Well, it's just part of it when you're a Christian. I want you to pray. You know, I'll, if you if you if you had to list out your your fruit for this year, what would that look like? Would there be any winning and building and sending fruit for you? Here's this Jordan. I don't know if she remembers or not. There's this little girl. Uh, I think her name's Jisu. 
and she is uh, she's one of the she's one of the girls that's helping plant the church in uh, in Vietnam, and um, and this church in Vietnam. She was just talking about this church, and just man, she was. She had so much she was saying about this church in Vietnam, and 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 then uh, I mean she's weeping about this church in Vietnam, and you know what happens, brother? She she lets out how many people are in this church. Somebody want to take a wild guess how many people are in this church? That this 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 girl is just she's elated over and she's weeping over. You know how many people is in that church? Somebody take a guess. Four. Four people. And I'll be honest with you, I melted in my seat a little bit. Like I was, I was like, I was really bothered. This little girl's over in Vietnam. And she's got the heart of a girl. It sounds like they're running 10,000. What do you think that is? Her heart was set on winning and building and sending. It don't matter how many it was. It was set on Vietnam to win people to Jesus Christ and build them up in their faith and send them to do likewise. That's what her heart was. That's where she, and it didn't matter. It was four, and look, she came from a church. She came from Midtown, the church we, we were in that week, which, which runs six, seven hundred on a regular basis. And she went, she packed everything she had, moves to Vietnam, to start a church and is weeping like a baby and glorifying the Lord over a four-person church. And I thought to myself, what a bunch of spoiled little brats we've become. What a bunch of pious, arrogant, self-conceited, self-absorbed jerks we've become. Because you know when you get Four becomes as, as big as the 600. And that's when you know you got the right heart. That's when you know you're not worried about anything but fruit bearing. That's when you know that your, your heart is set. And this little girl taught me something yesterday probably that, that, that I, I, I definitely needed to hear. That it didn't matter. It didn't matter how many it was. Didn't matter if it was four. Didn't matter if it was 50. Didn't matter if it was 100. Didn't matter if it was 200. But here's what mattered to her. There were people being one to Christ. There were people that were being edified and built in their faith. And, and Lord willing, they're going to they're gonna trust the Lord to, to start another church in Vietnam. I don't know if you know this or not, but this little shindig right here, this may not last forever. We actually may, I mean, we might have to go to somebody's house and do this one day. 
I mean, we might have to go to. I mean, we might have to go to somebody's. We might have to go to somebody's shop one day. Set some chairs out. It may, it may go back old school like it was down here in the community building. But you know, what happens then? Is it going to be a church then, or are we going to be ticked about it? We're going to be ticked about it if we're gathered. All of us are gathered up and huddled up in somebody's house. Man, could we really get get our hearts centered on fruit bearing this year? Could we get back to 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 a place where we got our heart fixated on on bearing fruit for Jesus Christ? Get ourselves out of the way. Daniel, uh, Daniel's going to sing. If, if you want to come, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open it up. If you want to come, you come on. You need to pray. You feel like you need to visit with the Lord. Maybe you want to pray with somebody. You want to grab somebody. You wanna, Whatever you want to do, I don't, I don't care. Uh, but you want to do that, I, I want you to come. If you're in here and you're lost, you, 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 you need to be saved. I'd, I'd love to take my Bible and show you what it means to be saved. Um, if you'll just make some kind of eye contact with me, I, I'll do my best to help you through this thing. Daniel, you sing. You need to come. You, you come. I've seen things a long way. I've seen troubles in my short days. But through it all, If the sun were to fall, if the oceans were to dry, if the mountains were to crumble, I wouldn't bat an eye because I stand upon a rock, the rock of ages, no matter what may come. Storm around me rages, I stand upon what never changes. Sometimes the way looks bleak, cause we're just human. We are weak. Take it from me if the road gets rough. He will be there to pick you up. And if the sun were to fall, if the oceans were to dry, if the mountains were to crumble, I wouldn't bat an eye as I stand upon the rock, the rock of all the ages, no matter what may come. The storm around me 
see ourselves in light of eternity and in light of all the things that we're going to face. Lord, that this is a very short time in, in, in light of our, our eternal destiny. God, I'm glad you gave us things that we can enjoy, but God, I, I beg you, Lord, that you help us to see to see you as a king, that you right as the king you rightfully are. God, that we can be faithful to lay everything we have down at the King's feet. God, the, the, the things that you give us, the pounds that you give us, God, would you help us to, to be faithful in multiplying those pounds? Lord, that, that, that we don't take to hoard and we don't take to to keep to ourselves. God, we see that, that one servant that took and he kept to himself. Lord, he, he was deemed as unprofitable. And God, we, we don't want to be unprofitable. God, we want to be found faithful. God, I, I pray that you, you help give us a, a brand new revelation of who you are. God, change how we think, change how we operate. God, do, do in us, Lord, what, what nobody can do for us. God, you're the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Lord, you, you set high and lifted up. All the nations are going to bow before you one day. Every knee will bow and every tribe, every tongue will confess. Lord, one of these days, all of the, of the world's kings are going to confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Lord, help us in this day to be servants of the Most High God. Lord, not, not for ourselves, but God, for you and you alone, not for me. God, I, I am, Lord, I am tired of people doing things for me. God, I'm grateful for the people that you've given me. I'm grateful for the people that follow, that are unwavering in their support. Not because, because I, 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 
because I have fulfilled the qualifications of a bishop. And that alone, and I, I pray, God, that it never goes any further than that. God, I pray that your God, Lord, that you, your God, in this place, Lord, that we're not coming here to put on a show. God, give us a heart to see the mission accomplished in whatever way we see fit and how we can accomplish that. It looks different in different places. And God, I, I want to be faithful to do it. And however you however you see fit doing it here. God, I, I love you. Lord, I don't want to be an Aiken. And I don't want this church to be deemed as an Aiken. I don't want the, the people in this church to be an Aiken. God, I, I want us. I don't I want us to to hear all the stories and, and see how how God had to had to do certain things to people that disobedient, and then all of a sudden we do the same thing. God, I don't want that to be us. So God, I, I ask you, Lord, that you would you take us, consecrate us to yourself. Lord, use this place in miraculous ways. Lord, that we we'd never be able to we'd we'd never be able to figure out on our own. In Jesus' name. Thank you.